0: every time a proud member of the Gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one on this week's episode who took home the gold at the emmys disney plus has its day on the way and is it time to change our opinion on apple plus Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and, of course, the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. You got to go ahead and check that out. Plus, all the stuff that we do all over for the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. She is the mastermind behind many of our tabletop RPG games on Facebook, including the award-winning. Because I gave it the award, Vampires Vampire <laughs> <in> Vitae. <laughs> it is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse, and Melinda, great to have you back. Sitting great to in be the back. Host share once again
1: so sorry i keep reaching over to adjust levels we've been again playing with our technical setup for the upcoming live stream for vampires and vitae so all of my stuff is just wonky bananas right now so i apologize wonky
0: bananas indeed but it's yeah. great to have you here i really appreciated you and your M below because we had certain audio issues today so in order to do that we have to have a melinda and a melinda with us here today so i want to thank both of you for joining us as always Hey, got it's a, a pleasure show. for us to be
1: here
0: <laughs> yes melinda in black and melinda in color right there for you <laughs> all right but it's going to be a great show we've got for you today we've got a lot of things to talk about including disney plus day is on the way and they got a lot of good stuff we'll talk about what that good stuff is coming up later in the program what if episode seven dropped we'll talk about thor lonely old thor party thor We'll talk about Thor being lonely, and we'll tell you why coming up in the episode as well. Apple Plus, got a lot of stuff on the way that is making me think I should change my mind on Apple Plus. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. Netflix has a lot of docs on the way, documentaries coming up, including Tiger King 2 and Britney versus Spears. We'll talk about that. And on the back end, Denis Villeneuve, director of Dune. And Marcia Lucas, who is the Academy Award winning editor for the original Star Wars and the ex-wife of George Lucas, was very upset this week. They both were. They had some points of contention that I'm not sure Disney would like because it was on Marvel and Star Wars. So we'll talk about that on the back end of the show as well. But first, Melinda, it is the Emmys. And I would love to give you this long recap and long listing of award winners and whatnot. But if really, if you just said Ted Lasso and The Crown, I think you pretty much got it covered right there for you. They dominated the Emmys and Netflix overall had a ton of gold statues coming its way is now pretty much you can consider it passing HBO as the preeminent critical darling of entertainment right now so i want to hear your thoughts on that in regards to ted lasso on apple plus being a major winner i have said in the past with my good friend mr marcus de la garza who i want to give a a big shout out to who is a ted lasso fanatic as you've Mm -hmm. heard on this show And I hope he's uh, recovered fully from his bout of COVID, but also he made sure to point out that it was winning all the awards, which I already knew, but you know, he had to let that in, but I want to hear your thoughts on this Ted Lasso. I think I might have to get back into it and give it another try. I I thought it was okay, but you know, obviously the world thinks it's so wonderful. What are your thoughts on Ted Lasso and the crown and what happened this past weekend at the end?
1: Wow. Wow. (laughs) What do you think of The Crown? The Crown, I watched the first season. And being Canadian, obviously, we have, you know, still have our very strong ties with the British monarchy and, and all of that. It's not that I stopped watching the show like in protest, because I didn't think they were portraying the royal family properly. It really had nothing to do with that. It was just like, Okay, they've had a weird life, the royals. And I'm not surprised that it's winning a lot of awards. Those seem to be the kind of movies that and shows traditionally have won a lot of awards. Is it deserving? Probably. I mean, the production behind it, the actors that they have involved in in the project, I'm not surprised that it took a home a bunch of awards. But even just traditionally speaking, anything that seems to have to do with uh, the royal family, for some reason does well
0: with the the critics. I'll tell you, it, it's something that, again, I have checked out just a little bit of The Crown, and you know what I've seen was okay, it's pretty good. You know, like you said, it, if it touches on these serious subjects of of the, the British monarchy, and it, if it does a good job doing it, you know what? That seems to be the case, and it, you like you said, it just sucks up all the awards, and it just seems Absolutely. to garner all the praise and, and, and critical reception and all that, so... I'm not surprised by its victory. Ted Lasso, again, it's something that the first time around I couldn't really get super into. I mean, I watched a couple episodes. I thought, it's okay. But seemed to me too too much of a satire. It seemed to be something that Jason Sudeikis, you know, he took from SNL. And it just, you know, it seemed like, okay, I get the joke. I get how he is. And then, okay, it's good. Yeah, this is what it is but seemingly it has something that's so endearing that just a lot of people like. So your thoughts on Ted Lasso, I mean, it is Apple Plus's biggest show, which right now still isn't saying enough because you know, it's, it's still, it's penetration rate to the audience out there is not what a lot of other shows of its ilk on other streaming outlets is. So I want to hear your thoughts on Ted Lasso.
1: Everything that I've seen and everything that I've read about the show, I think it's the fish out of water thing that's making it endearing to audiences, because a lot of people can relate to that at some point in their lives. You've been somewhere where you felt, uh, you know, like a person on the outside of things. And I think that that's at least part of the appeal for the show that I've seen.
0: You're right. It is that fish out of water syndrome that's there. And obviously it has its quirk and it has its appeal, but I'm wondering how long audiences will stick with it. Season two was also a big hit for Apple plus again, uh, you know, with its relatively smaller number of subscribers right now, although that's growing and we'll talk about why coming up on the back end of the show, because I might have to do a major course correction when it comes to my thoughts on Apple plus. But again, Ted Lasso is something that I think a lot of people are going to continue on with. And I, again, I will give it a shot. I'll, I'll check out season two. I wasn't sure I was going to go ahead and do it. But, you know, at, at the persistence of the previous host, Marcus Salazar, Garza, I'm going to go have to go ahead and do it. So I'm looking forward to going ahead and maybe giving it a try. Maybe I will find some charm in it. Have you ever had a show where you thought it was OK and then you went back into it and you joined it a lot more?
1: Yes, absolutely. Off the top of my head, I, I'm thinking of, oh, gosh. Oh, you Game know of what? Thrones, I, I
0: think did it for me.
1: Oh, really? Better Call Saul for me. That one was one where I watched it and I was like, I I don't understand the appeal of this. And then I went back a couple of months later and started to rewatch it. And I was like, okay, I obviously had a bad day that day and took it out on this program because it was really good.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. That's another show that that's garnered a lot of acclaim over the years. And obviously it's association with Breaking Bad, which many think is one of the best shows of all time so mm-hmm. it has that relation to it and has those quirky characters in a kind of real life setting so it's it's very interesting to see and you know obviously uh, better call Saul with its lead uh, having the heart issues but now coming back with you know hopefully uh, getting ready for another season I think it's final season if I'm not mistaken so I'm uh, hoping for some great success there and obviously on the way out it'll probably continue to get more praise but yeah, the Emmys this past weekend. Uh, I really think that a lot of people were upset for if you're a Disney fan because Marvel's *WandaVision* didn't get anything, but it got uh, some technical awards the previous weekend. So, I mean, it has some Emmys to to its uh, to its case right there. So Disney can start saying it is an an Emmy award winner as far as the streaming outlet is concerned. But I think with the type of structural shows that it has, it will never garner the mass amount of wins unless someone is really good to have a a, like the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian gets some praise every now and then, gets some Emmy nominations. And same thing with Marvel shows. Unless there's something out of the box that Disney Plus does, I really don't think it's going to ever match the – the kind of success at the Emmys that Netflix and HBO Max and HBO have had in the past.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I feel like there there may be some kind of like cool kid at the dance syndrome yeah. going on with uh, with some of the Marvel stuff when it comes to uh, the big award shows. So. I don't.
0: I don't think they're ever going to garner huge success with a Marvel or Star Wars show. They'll get a lot of nominations if it's a really good show, like like Wandavision. A lot of people really enjoyed that, and so they earned a lot of nominations. But as far as victories, actual Emmys, I'm not. I think there's probably this Hollywood reluctance to go ahead and give them enough awards to go ahead and say, okay, you're going to sweep all the awards, like The Crown did or Ted Lasso did. I really don't think that it's going to ever have a show unless there's something outside of a marvel and star wars realm i just i personally think that i mean they'll they'll throw creative arts emmys all day long at these type of shows but To go ahead and give them, uh, you know, acting Emmys, uh, overall best show, whatnot. that's going to be a hard thing, I think, for them to
1: overcome. But isn't that funny? Because uh, the Emmys, it's no secret that their viewership, their ratings has been slipping and slipping and slipping and slipping. Now, this year it did go up a little bit. Probably some of the credit to Cedric the Entertainer as host this year but if your ratings are slipping and you have shows that are nominated that did this well that are outside of the box for example a marvel show maybe you need to reevaluate the way that your awards are handed out because if those are the popular shows but they're not the ones getting the awards that's a problem
0: that is a problem but then a lot of times uh, the emes and these award shows are very slow to fix things and and I, I just think that there's enough angst when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars to say, you know what, we're gonna go ahead and say you're good, but you know, going ahead and praising you, I think we're gonna go ahead and just limit ourselves on that. I mean, we're gonna see this on the back end of the show when we talk about Denis Villeneuve and also Marcia Lucas about how they have a you know their issues with the with that part of the universe. And there is this sector of Hollywood that just is, is not going to allow Marvel and Star Wars to succeed on a certain level.
1: Yeah. it's all, Well, I don't want to say that it's a barrier, because I don't think that that's entirely accurate. There are definitely more important barriers that are an issue with the Emmys. But, yeah. you know, it, when it comes to these award shows, I do think that the fact that it's a, a show or intellectual property that comes from comic books that could just still be a bit of a, a taboo subject for... Yeah you know, the actors, not the actors. You know what I mean? That difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Although, (laughs) I, I, and the actors. The actors. actors. (laughs) But The Boys is something on Amazon I really thought was a, a fantastically made show and was actually, I think, my number one show last year as far as for television is concerned. And I really thought that deserved a lot more love than it gets. But again, that touches on a comic book issue. It deals with very adult subjects. It's something that is tremendously successful on Amazon Prime as far as popularity is concerned. But I think that mm-hmm. it's a, still a hard pill to swallow for the individuals at the Emmys to go ahead and wrap their head, head totally around. But again, that's just me saying things out loud here. So I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping all these shows get praised and get the, the, the awards they deserved at some point. But yeah, it seems, it seems like a little exclusive club. And when you're invited into that exclusive club, like The Crown and Ted Lasso, it was this year, seems like you're going to garner a, a the lion's share of the awards.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What are your thoughts out there on this year's Emmys? Were you excited with the big victories for The Crown and Ted Lasso? Did you want Marvel's WandaVision? the Mandalorian or any of the other shows that are out there like the boys or did you have a favorite show that you thought was snubbed and deserved some of those gold statues I wish I had one right now too but please share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
1: hey this is Chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
0: so let me get this straight we're gonna play a like a video game together or well
1: not exactly
0: Okay, fine. W- where's the controller?
1: Oh, uh, that's it's it's right here.
0: This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you. But here,
1: re- you're gonna need these two.
0: Dice? You just ha- are these even dice?
1: We are gonna play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be?
0: Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh,
1: my friend, you have no idea. There's Nosferatu, there's Vampires in Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2, coming soon to Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program, including more Disney Plus, because Disney announced that it's got Disney Plus Day! Disney Plus Day, it's on the way! Is that a cake? Yes, maybe, maybe. (laughs) And I totally made up that song right now. But it is coming November 12th. They did announce a lot of great things that are going to happen that day. The most interesting thing that is happening on that day is the arrival of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, currently the number one movie here at the box office. What's interesting was that it was previously said that it was going to debut on Disney Plus 45 days after its initial release. Well, November 12th comes well after that 45-day span. So it's it almost seems like streaming fans are being punished by its box office success, which is typical Hollywood. So I want to hear your thoughts first on that, and then we'll go into the other news for Disney+. Plus. But I want to hear your thoughts on the debut of Shang-Chi not happening until November 12th.
1: Well, I feel like that's just smart marketing for Disney, to be honest. Yeah. How are you going to have a big day, call it Disney Plus Day, and then not be able to drop your biggest movie? Yeah, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's just smart marketing. That's purely a uh, a business move for Disney. It had nothing to do with, I don't think it had anything to do with release dates or, or anything like that. It was just, uh, oh, look, we have Disney Plus Day coming up. This movie is absolutely crushing the box office right now why don't we release that and do Disney plus day to get all of the attention all on us all in one day. That's what that's about.
0: First off, there's going to be some MCU news going on. Mm -hmm. They're going to be dropping on that day. They're going to show a little bit more of Hawkeye, which is coming out shortly thereafter. They're going to show the book of Boba Fett. Give you a little glimpse of that. They're going to give you some star Wars news going on. Just some really good stuff coming up. I'm really excited. When we talk about the 45 day time span that was originally promised for shang chi also that was promised for disney's the jungle cruise and that's not going to hit until november 12th as well so disney is kind of stretching it out there kind of stretching it out saying "Eh, you know we're going to go ahead and make this day really special but in order to do so we're going to go ahead and have to stretch it out but i'm interested to find out your thoughts Uh, they're also going to be coming up with jeff goldblum series the first five episodes are going to drop in as well I mean, there's so much that they're going to drop on at the same day. I like the idea that they're going to drop all this stuff at the same time. That's something that they've they've kind of spaced out the content that they've had over the course of the year. And I kind of like the fact that they're going to do that. Your thoughts on Disney Plus Day and the fact that MCU might be dropping some more secrets on that day.
1: I love it. Bring it on. I love days like this. I, I think that they're an absolute blast. I love being an audience member for it happening. Do I openly criticize Disney for this one? I don't know. But it definitely has a little bit of a building the airplane once it's in the air kind of feeling when it came to November the 12th and things that they had promised to get on Disney+. Plus.
0: Exactly right.
1: Yeah, you know, within a certain uh, amount of days. I don't know which came first, that promise or the date being set for November 12th. But either way, things were already off the ground. And then they went, hmm, why don't we... And then that's the situation that we find ourselves in, which is a much smarter move on the uh, on behalf of Disney. It much does.
0: Smarter. And I know that's going to make big news then. But for folks that have Disney Plus in the month of October, what does that give them? I mean, we've got Star Wars Visions that just dropped. What if is already going to be over by that time? I think that people are going to say, well, why do I need to have the subscription for October? So I, I don't know. Maybe... Throwing everything then on November 12th is is one thing, but you you still have at that time almost 45 days between October 1st and November 12th to worry about trying to put some programming, original programming. And that's the one thing that Disney lacks. Netflix just keeps throwing stuff at you and sees what sticks. The thing with Disney Plus is that it doesn't have many of those times where it throws excessive stuff at you, which is great because you can space your viewing out, But it's also not great when you run a little dry on your content like you will next month.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, having Disney Plus means you always are going to be able to watch The Emperor's New Groove. You could just watch that a lot in October. <laughs> so that'll
0: Wrong, be our show. Yeah. Okay, okay Melinda. So, how many times this month have you watched *Emperor's New Groove*? Yeah, uh, you Forty-two. Know, a few.
1: Yeah, it's up there.
0: <laughs> no, just this month alone, exactly. So,
1: yeah,
0: that's the concern I have. It's just that you leave yourself open to go ahead and lose subscribers because you know you're saving it for uh, you know a certain period of time. So. I'm I'm just thinking that might have not been the greatest movie. Even if you put out the Jungle Cruise early, I think that would have probably sufficed enough for a little while for a lot of viewers. But okay, whatever. What you're ever going to do? You're Disney. You're the big. You're the big cheese. But I guess November 12th is going to be a huge day. I'm excited again for what's coming up. Not only the the arrival of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I saw this past weekend again for the second time. This time with my girls. And there's still much more coming up. The Jungle Cruise is coming on November 12th. A lot of great news. The MCU news, whatever Star Wars news that they're going to drop, the Boba Fett news in regards to the Book of Boba Fett. Hopefully they'll drop some footage then because that's the first Star Wars series to come back up just before The Mandalorian. So I'm looking forward to that. But Melinda and I will cover it all, whatever happens on Disney's grand day, Disney Plus Day, November 12th. So what are your thoughts out there? Are you excited for Disney Plus Day? coming up november 12th or are you kind of on the fence on it because that means that some stuff that was supposed to come earlier isn't coming earlier share us your thoughts popculturecosmos cosmos at yahoo.com well before we hit the break melinda i wanted to ask you what if episode seven on disney plus which is the latest fresh content along with star wars visions to come out on disney plus thor's a lonely child poor thor
1: He's he's a sad boy
0: Yes, well, he's a he's hiding it under Party Thor, which was kind of cool to see because I have a feeling that it's not that that seems to me like it's closer to Chris Hemsworth than (laughs) your other versions of Thor, maybe, but yeah, just just seemingly, just I don't know the guy personally. It just seems like he would be great fun at a party. He's he's kind of like that party dude takes the life of the party and and whatnot but yeah, he's
1: the guy holding up the ankles while you try to do a keg stand that's what yes exactly
0: yes about. go
1: go go go, go yeah. you know <laughs> stuff
0: like that so i want to hear your thoughts on this though what if episode seven it's also uh, you know transforming into a cataclysmic ending in regards to the final two episodes of something similar to what we saw with uh, you know avengers infinity war and endgame type deal and seeing how what if is going to recreate a different scenario for that but i want to hear your thoughts on thor and that episode and how it's going to transform into a great ending for the series for what if for season one
1: yeah i mean i've been a big fan of it uh, from the very beginning i know the first episode wasn't your favorite one but <laughs>
0: but she's coming back she's coming yeah. back for the for the end of the series
1: Right. So, I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm following along, and I'll uh, I'll be there with uh, extra an extra big bowl of popcorn uh, to watch the last few episodes. Very oh, excited about
0: you. it. Look at yeah. you. Look at you getting your popcorn out. All right. <laughs> okay. I bet you're going to save some to throw at Rob, though.
1: Um, well, maybe. I hate to waste popcorn, though.
0: Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But... It is Disney Plus What If Episode Seven, uh, a pretty good episode. Again, it just showcases different What If scenario. I'm not sure if you know, just seeing Party Thor and, and you know, what if Thor did not have Loki in his life. I don't know if it was the subject matter was something that I think a lot of fans were were asking for, but you know what, it was there, and that was actually solid for what it was worth. But I want to hear your thoughts on What If Episode Seven. Please let us know, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. But before we hit the break, Melinda, I wanted to ask you real quick, Netflix just announced that they've got a ton more documentaries. And one of the things I will compliment Netflix on is that they've always paid attention to documentaries. And I know my my good friend, Mr. Rob McCallum, uh, who has had a ton of documentaries out there. Some of them have gone to Netflix and I'm happy for his success there. But two of the more interesting documentaries they've got, one coming next week and one coming on its way after in the not-too-distant future. The one next week is obviously something that a lot of people are interested in, especially as its current, because it deals with Britney, because it's Britney Spears. In fact, it's called Britney Versus Spears, and it will touch a lot on the conservatorship, which looks like it's going to be dissolving entirely in the not-too-distant future. Thank goodness. Free Britney. And then, after that, you've got on the way at some point in time down the line, Tiger King, too, because of course, you got to go back to do, to the world of Tiger King, whether you like it or not, because it garners so many viewers during the early part of the pandemic. So I want to hear your thoughts on Netflix documentaries? I mean, it just- you sounded excited earlier when we talked about it, and you know before we got on the air
1: well, you Brittany and her conservativeship has been fascinating for. A long time what is it like 15 Or 18 years or something she's been under Conservatorship
0: yeah exactly Something
1: like that free britney has been around for a long time and it's just now kind of for some reason what's the word you could put for? it
0: easily on a hashtag and social media obviously
1: yeah and it's finally managed to make its way and had a little bit more prevalency uh, when it comes to media traditional media and things yeah. like that so i think that them picking up the story and continuing to run with it and more people looking at the conservatorship itself and saying, you know, something it's really not right. might not be right here. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm so excited to watch this documentary. Britney, biggest pop star in the world, can't, you know, make a decision on her own because of the conservatorship. And there's something incredibly tragic about that.
0: Absolutely. I think that her past transgressions and the way she, her, her life was spiraling out of control didn't, not even that warranted her this conservatorship. I thought it was really wrong in the first place. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't ask to do that to my daughters once they became of age and to be able to handle their own affairs. Then, you know, whatever mistakes they make or whatever things that they do well or not well, I've got to be there to support them. But I can't, you know, when they're 30, when they're 35, I can't be there to go ahead and control their lives like that that that's just wrong i didn't like that conservatorship thing from the get-go i i'm happy for all the supporters of the free britney movement that they're able to go ahead and start getting some peace out of this and of course obviously happiest most for britney spears so we'll be able to see a documentary on that next week i believe and then coming up in the not too distant future because you asked for it melinda you specifically along with millions of others is tiger king too so i want to hear your thoughts where could they go next after Tiger King 2? I mean, you know, I, maybe to the local jail where where you know he's at and and that's it and
1: yeah. I I, mean, don't, I just
0: don't know how that could be as captivating as Tiger King 1.
1: Perhaps we're we're going to follow Carol Baskin as she goes through Dancing with the Stars. I I don't know what on earth this could be looking at this time around, but so um, many people I, still
0: think she did something kind of the nefarious
1: yeah, so. <laughs> yeah yes yeah, a lot of people think that and i'm not sure how anybody couldn't think that it just seems like that's exactly what happened but anyway i do have to admit that i will absolutely be one of the people who is there to watch it the, the show when everybody was in lockdown and everybody discovered tiger king at the same time it was one of those pop culture phenomenon moments where everybody Was watching it at the exact same time and it the show just kept getting more and more wild and you're like okay it can't get any more crazy than this can it and then the show would step it up again and you're like okay these people can't go further than this and then they did so if we are gonna pick up the second documentary where the first one left off and we're already up here i don't know how the show is gonna continue to to climb in its uh wildness (laughs) put it that way
0: Exactly, because I don't know how it's going to get even crazier than the first one was. But I'm interested to see what happens with these documentaries. And Netflix pays such great attention to its documentaries. I'm looking forward to seeing what it has coming up on the slate. But if you're excited about the Netflix documentaries, please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're excited about the upcoming Britney versus Spears or the upcoming Tiger King 2. please let us know (laughs) pop culture cosmos do
1: do it again do it
0: again come on (laughs) please let us know pop culture cosmos at yaku.com thanks for checking out the pcc you know the pop culture cosmos we'll be back in one moment if you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there the stuff that you played with as a kid hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are and you gotta check out season one of action figure adventure check out action figure adventure now exclusively at big bad toy store and you'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun i guarantee if you grew up playing toys you will love action figure adventure well, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. I mean, Apple Plus, just a couple of weeks ago, I said I was really disappointed with Apple Plus. I was comparing it to my early thoughts on Amazon Prime where you have all this money, you're making so many gazillions on iPhones, you're worth a, a ton of money and a, you really didn't devote a, enough resources, I think, to the startup of Apple Plus and acquire enough things and maybe get enough content out there because I still think that Apple Plus is still a considerably smaller fish in the streaming waters. And I really think that with the kind of money and financing backing that they have, they should be a little bit higher on the food chain when it comes to that. But recently, they've debuted a lot of things as far as trailers, upcoming projects and things that I'm now taking a second look at. And I'm kind of maybe on the fence on changing my mind on but i want to hear your thoughts on this i want i need some help i need some some guidance on this when it comes to apple plus i mean obviously ted lasso season two was it was a hit C season two with jason momoa with his new best friend dave bautista that's done well he got the morning show season two it's on the way but i really wanted to ask you with stuff that came out like this week foundation which is a a pretty good start to to a series that that just came out and then you've got finch another tom hanks movie because tom hanks now seemingly is putting all of his movies or a good majority of them on apple plus you have that invasion series that's coming on the way with sam neil about this alien invasion It's kind of getting to me a little, little by little. Apple Plus is kind of getting to me and I might be taking a second chance. They've got the entire library and are creating new shows for Yo Gabba Gabba for children. It's kind of getting to me.
1: It's it's kind of getting to me. What are your thoughts on Apple Plus? They're very clearly making some moves. I know they have a high fantasy show as well that's coming.
0: The Tragedy of Macbeth with Denzel Washington and Frances McDormand
1: that's another reason to get apple plus if you're you know a a big fantasy person and you enjoy those kind of escapes but yeah i think that apple plus is definitely trying to make itself a contender it's definitely um putting itself in that kind of a position so i'm excited to see what they do with it for sure is it going to convince me to get it Mm, probably eventually but i'm still going to be a holdout for a little while longer i think
0: yeah, and that's something that I think a lot of people are like, hmm, well, this looks interesting. Uh, new Tom Hanks movie, that looks interesting. Uh, other shows, that looks interesting. That's on the way. But is it going to make me give up something else? The thing is, HBO Max is half off for the next six months because they just ditched Amazon as far as a, mm-hmm. a mediary for going ahead and ordering and, and viewing HBO Max. So in order to do so, they have incentivize people to go ahead and get it straight up through them six months half off and with matrix resurrections and also dune on the way among other things that they've got cry macho which just dropped and some other stuff that it's going to be very hard to resist not getting hbo max then you've got peacock and then you've got you know so many others disney plus which you talked about netflix which you just talked about i mean this is going our entertainment is now focusing in fact this show has been focusing quite heavily on the stream market because that's where it's going that's where new content that people are talking about is headed to apple plus with ted lasso got on the map as far as some some stuff that people were talking about and hopefully they can have more shows like ted lasso that are connecting with an audience large enough to go ahead and say you know what we got to check this thing out i think they're on the way up, I think they're finally starting to see the, the value of putting and investing money into its series of shows and just trying to invest more money into its its streaming outlet. I think it's something that they were slow to go ahead and roll out, but I'm finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And maybe I'm changing my mind, uh, you know, on wh- whether or not I'm going to go ahead and continue with Apple Plus.
1: Be interesting to know how long all of these shows have been part of their plan like is this something that they uh kind of had their eye on the ball for a while and they've been just kind of quietly planning it or was this uh somebody who came in and was like listen we need to shake things up so we're gonna do a b and c i wonder
0: i wonder i mean they've got a new show with john stewart coming on the way and they've got some other stuff that's coming so i I know that it's going to be a little bit more interesting, and I think I've got to take Apple Plus a little bit more seriously as a streaming entity, and it's still not there yet with Netflix and Amazon Prime and Disney Plus, although Amazon Prime, seemingly they're matching as far as content. Amazon Prime, I think, is is large because of its user base, because people, there's 200 million subscribers. Amazon Prime is, is that yeah. big. And that audience can be that big simply because of the fact that you got it for the great well, deals.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say free shipping. <laughs>
0: exactly. Free <laughs> shipping like, and the great well, deals. On Prime.
1: Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. So, and then the Netflix, obviously, that's the one that's a true success story. That Thank and you. Disney Plus have really earned organically their, their audience through their content, through specifically their content that they have. Peacock is a very interesting story because you don't know how much of their stuff is watched that's paid or free because they're the free streaming service. They've got a tier and they've also got a pay tier. So you don't know how much is, which is which as far as how successful that is. So it's very interesting, to gauge. And of course we talked about HBO max. So Apple plus, I still think it has the money. It has the resources to go ahead and match up with these outlets, with these entities. I mean, if you were to go ahead and sit in the boardroom and you had taken over Apple Plus, where would you guide this company? What kind of shows do you think it lacks and what kind of shows do you think it needs?
1: Well, I, I think that they're answering that question for you. I mean, how are you going to have Tom Hanks releasing movies on your platform and not expect to get new subscribers for that? Yeah all of that kind of stuff you you can have your big dramas your sweeping fantasy shows you can you can do all of that kind of stuff and people will come eventually. And I think that perhaps this slow burn on Apple TV will play into their advantage because they've had a little bit more time to be strategic. Perhaps they have learned from some of the Netflix mistakes and the Amazon Prime mistakes, and they gave the market a chance to kind of settle to see who the big players were and maybe match a little bit more of of what they've done and, and how they've approached things.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, Again, I'm going to probably go ahead and check out more Apple Plus stuff like Foundation this week. I had a chance to check that out. I was impressed by it. And it's something that does not look like it's a TV series or sci-fi series that skimps on the budget. So it looks to Mm -hmm. me like Apple is upping its production values and it's providing consumers with some stuff that people need to go ahead and check out. I just don't see that large volume, that large vault of content, tens of thousands of hours that are there, like some of the other streaming services. So that's why I'm hesitant to go ahead and tell people, okay, Apple Plus is the thing you want to go ahead and check out because the fact that it does not have that sheer vault of content that I think that a lot of these other streaming networks already has so i think it was kind of behind the eight ball to start off with but i think it's slowly getting there i th- I yeah. really do
1: yeah absolutely i mean there, there are going to be people who are going to jump on that subscription just to be able to see john stewart on tv again so i think that they're being strategic and and i think that they are cherry-picking the the right stuff that's going to appeal to the already huge apple audience in terms of even the technology. And then once they're able to promote that, they have some of these huge names coming for them, I think is going to be huge.
0: One of the things I wanted to ask you though, is because you are an iPhone user and, you know, I think that they had originally the trial there that they gave everyone the free trial from what I remember when it first started, what if they just made it free for all iPhone users and iPad users and whatnot. And I maybe could just put see, in ads. Instead. Sure.
1: I, I could see them doing something like that. For example, if you pay f- to have like more space on the cloud, I could see that maybe including an Apple TV subscription. I think that might make sense where you're still paying for it, but maybe not a cost of a, a full what subscription. What if
0: they just put ads and made it free?
1: All it's going to be is a show that interrupts your Apple infomercial at that point.
0: To me, it seems like the thing they have to do is a catch up. I mean, you've got Amazon Prime 200 million, you've got Netflix 200 million, you've got Disney Plus 150 million, you've got HBO Max is going to be what closing in on 100 million at some point. You've got all these different outlets that have such a huge lead with its subscribership.
1: Yeah, but you you do got to remember, too, you do have those diehard Apple fans. And once you give them a good enough reason to, you know, drink more of the Apple Kool-Aid, I think that they'll happily sign up, especially if you start giving them quality content, because then your friends who have iPhones and, and Apple stuff and, and your fanboys and fangirls are going to start talking about it. And then you're going to be like, hmm, I don't like going to brunch with them anymore because I don't know about that show that they're talking about, or I haven't seen that Tom Hanks movie, so I can't be in on the conversation. That bothers people. And I think that that's enough to, to lure people into the subscription as well.
0: If you just dropped it like they did YouTube, if they, yeah, that I know everybody didn't like that, but I, I kind of like YouTube, but I me mean, not digress. If you dropped Apple Plus as free on all Apple devices, and just made it free. You catch up right there, uber quick, as far as your your viewing base.
1: But then to you're not me, making you're not making additional money, which is the point. Well, no, but all then it. you
0: throw ads on there. You get the McDonald's ads. You, you make it a broadcast network on a platform that's a streaming outlet
1: okay so so maybe giving it for free to everyone who has an ipad or an iphone and then if you want to get rid of the commercials you can pay another 11.99 a month is that kind of what you mean something
0: like that you know like peacock does basically essentially so or youtube youtube you can pay for having the ads removed you know know what's even
1: worse we're going to give you the first three episodes of this incredible series and then you can't get past that those three episodes until you pay. Ooh, that's something Whoa. Apple would do. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, that would upset a lot of people. But that's something that I think Apple would do.
0: That's something that Apple will do. But I mean, that's to me something I think there. You have this already robust user base. Mm-hmm. The thing is, your app is not on this robust user base. It's only limited to a certain amount because you've, you've put it behind a paywall. And I think they have the unique advantage to be like an Amazon prime to say, you know what, we're going to go throw it out there. We're just going to throw it out there. It's on everybody's phones, everybody's iPads, you know, it's just out there. It's free. Go ahead, watch it. It's just part of having an iPhone. It's part of having an iPad. We're just going to throw ads on it. You want no ads, just pay for the, you know, just pay for uh, doing an upgrade and things for mm-hmm. that nature. So I don't know, that just seems to me like the common sense thing to do. If I was Apple, You would still be able to go ahead and produce shows the quality because you've got a ton of cash in the bank i mean you're worth a trillion dollars right yeah go ahead and find that next movie i've got a trillion dollars in the bank it's good it's good but i i just when it comes to apple plus i think that going the traditional route is never going to allow them to catch up to the rest of the field i think that they started late i think it's like a horse race and that they started late And in order for them to catch up, they need to go ahead and take a shortcut. And they're not doing it. And I just don't think that's the wise move right now. Yeah, I agree. But I'll tell you what, out there, I mean, are you excited for Apple Plus? Are you an Apple Plus subscriber now? Are you excited for what's coming up? Did you check out this week's Foundation series that just started? And are you looking forward to what's coming up on Apple Plus, including Tom Hanks' Finch? The Invasion, you know, Alien Invasion series that's coming up, starring Sam Neill. What Melinda was talking about with a fantasy series coming up. Jon Stewart's program. Are you excited for any of the stuff coming up? Or are you on the fence on Apple Plus? Or do you not even care about Apple Plus? We want to hear either which way on this conversation because Apple Plus is kind of that hot button streaming service that seemingly could be on the verge of becoming huge and also could, because of their actions or inaction, could be coming very, or could stay as a small fish in this streaming water. So you please just share us your thoughts on Apple Plus, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Coming this Saturday, it's the seventh anniversary for Retro City Games, and we want you to be a part of it. If you're in the Las Vegas area, Stop by the Retro City Games on September 25th, starting at 7 p.m., and be part of all the fun. Free pizza, snacks, and gaming the whole family can enjoy, as this is an all-ages event. So come on down this Saturday night to Retro City Games at 6100, Mountain Vista, Suite 120, and be part of the 7th anniversary celebration with your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, before we head on out, there's still a little bit more to talk about on today's program. I do want to give you time at the end of the show, and we could go into depth on vampires and Vite, which you got planned for everyone out there because I know that's always a good thing to talk about. Your eyes light up. You're always, <laughs> wise, you know, when vampires and Vite. I see that. Woo, vampires and Vite. Yeah. And with Rob, same thing. Rob, hey, what about vampires and v Like, okay, (laughs)
1: there you go. We might be obsessed with ourselves. I don't know. (laughs)
0: Hey, it's good stuff. And if you put out good stuff, be proud of it. Like I am, when somebody talks to me and asks me about Pop Culture Cosmos and, you know, when I'm on other shows and I promote it and I just think about all the hard work I put into it and what comes out of it. And, you know, even if no one listens to it, I still think it's a dang good show. And I, I really am proud of the work that Josh and you and, I know all the other individuals have done over the years on it. So I'm really proud of it. So that comes across every time I I talk about it. So I'm not ashamed to say that that the PCC is, it's not too shabby. It's not too shabby indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, Marcia Lucas and Denis Villeneuve were in the news, not only because of what they're doing or anything like that. Of course, Denis Villeneuve, Dune, the movie he directed is out overseas. And of course in the U S it's so funny because The U.S. used to be the first place you get movies. And now with Dune and, of course, No Time to Die, it's going to be the last place you get the movie. So, hey, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Denis Villeneuve, will start first because he is now added to the list. He's gotten into the line with Martin Scorsese and a lot of these other individual directors that have decided to go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to bash Marvel for what it is you know, the old conversation, I think Martin Scorsese talked about the, you know, the theme park ride being, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now with Denis Villeneuve, he's out on the, as they call it, the car wash, which basically you're going, you know, as far as all the places that you're seeing him do publicity for for Dune. And he recently stated that the Marvel Cinematic Universe was no more, and I'm paraphrasing here, no more than cut and paste in regards to its uh, efforts, which, I can see how he thinks that, but he's just taking a superficial look. And I, I really don't think he's looking at some of the things that are, that are really entertaining about it and what people find so entertaining about it. So I, I think he's missing the mark a little bit. But I want to hear your thoughts on Denis Villeneuve and his comments on the MCU. Is he right in a way? Is he wrong? I, I just don't know on what side of the fence you're on because... The MCU, for me, has brought me a lot of enjoyment to my life, and I really look forward to whenever something new gets added to it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, remind me, how long have comic books been a thing?
0: Quite a spell.
1: Right? And a person could say that these stories are timeless. They have timeless themes. They have important themes. Sometimes they, you know, hold up a, a really good looking glass and force you to look at things that are happening in society. Perhaps they're doing it, uh, you know, under a blanket of something else, but it's there. And I think that these people who have problems with movies like Marvel are the same people who have problems with action films or comedy films. They're formulaic, they're predictable, they're all of these things. I don't want to sit down and watch a three-hour movie that is nothing but uh, you know, heaviness and sadness and terrible things and people doing horrible things to each other. We have enough of that right now. So if I'm going to go to a movie theater and I choose to spend my money to watch Iron Man snap his fingers and save the universe, that's what I'm going to do because that's the feeling that I want to leave the theater with. I don't want to leave the theater feeling more depressed than when I walked in. That's not what I'm looking for right now. And are we in too much? Do we have too much comic book stuff? Apparently not, because everything that gets released is successful, more successful than the last thing. So perhaps these people are just griping because they haven't had the opportunity to ride the Marvel train.
0: That's true. And, and we, I don't really want to be too hard on Denis Villeneuve because he did create one of the best movies of the last decade in Blade Runner 2049 which is fantastic, by the way. I'm going to tell everybody that for the umpteen thousand time. Josh and I just truly are just amazed every time we talk about that film. I don't know, did you ever see Blade Runner 2049?
1: Of course I did. Yeah, absolutely. And your so, thoughts like, on it? It's such
0: a beautiful film.
1: It really is. It was so pretty to look at. And and the story was compelling and, and all of those things. But Marvel movies are also very pretty to look at. They have the yes. prettiest actors in those movies. And there's something about seeing people who can do the things that we all wish we could do or aspire to do, do those things and save the world. Because I, I think at the end of the day, that's A large part of our private fantasies. I wish I could save the world. I wish I could stop people from doing horrible things to each other. But that's not the reality that I live in. So I'm going to go to a movie and I'm going to watch, you know, Black Widow do something like that. I'm going to watch Captain America do it. And I'm going to live vicariously through that. I don't need to go again to a movie to to watch heaviness and that kind of stuff. I want to go to the movies to be free from those feelings for a little while. It's an escape.
0: Blade Runner 2049 was kind of heavy. I will give it, it sure
1: was. It absolutely was. And, you know, you can make the argument as well. How are you going to make another Blade Runner movie? Nobody asked for it, did they?
0: Not a whole lot of people were asking for it. I mean, it's a cult hit. Sure. I mean, it, in fact, it's lived on and it's become a very successful film, even after its initial failure, the original Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049, I know not everybody was asking for it, but... Now that they have it, I'd love to see a trilogy out of it. I mean, they, they set it up for a trilogy, and I'm hoping that eventually will take place, even though it didn't earn enough at the box office to automatically get it. It has done huge numbers on home video and Blu-ray. I have followed it ever since, so I'm hoping that it will get a reprieve for a third installment. Maybe if Dune is successful, Warner Brothers will see its way clear to do that. So I'm hoping uh, with the Dune, two movies, because it's two movies for Dune, do Mm -hmm. that but it's so ironic that he has these issues with the marvel cinematic universe and dune is a story about good and evil (laughs) as well so i don't know
1: exactly yeah yeah exactly that's the point that i was not so clearly making and if you're gonna have a a problem with you know movies like marvel and then you're gonna shoot a movie like dune that's still like a, a sweeping epic fantasy and you could argue okay that The Marvel Universe is just a super successful cult series of movies. They're accessible. They're entertaining. You know exactly what you're going to get when you walk in with your bag of popcorn and your giant soda and you sit down in one of those big comfy loungers and put your feet up and watch the movie.
0: Absolutely. Again, I can't support his his claims against the MCU, but... My gosh, Blade Runner 2049 is so beautiful. And Dune <laughs> looks so amazing already. I cannot really wait does. to watch that in IMAX. Yeah, I, I am going to go out to theaters in IMAX. My wife and I already made a date for that. Before you Melinda, get off your will so
1: Probably parts, be super creepy and sitting a couple of rows behind you guys. I'm just going to let you, you know. Like, oh, be be
0: like, oh, Melinda, is that you? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Rob? <laughs>
0: But before you get off your soapbox, Marsha Lucas, who is the ex-wife of George Lucas, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy who brought Star Wars and pop culture to an even higher level and more existence. And obviously everybody out there that deals with pop culture has a great thank you to George Lucas. But his ex-wife, who is the Academy Award winning editor, Marsha Lucas, had some things to say in regards to the Star Wars universe and how the new trilogy was done by jj abrams and rian johnson and she was not too pleased to say the least in fact she was angry she was really angry and she did bash on the prequels of the 90s and early 2000s a little bit but she really went off on the most recent set of movies which if you saw the last one the last skywalker i get because that's just that movie was trash but you know (laughs) Yeah, you I can't really feel? yeah, it's just awful i mean when we run an ad here on the show or on other shows and it's based off of josh not remembering he watched the last skywalker in theaters i mean that tells you right there how yeah. people thought of it but but she really took issue with it and i don't know it just seems like for a lot of people out there they're they're kind of upset with what she's you know said because it seems like spilt milk but i want to hear your thoughts on this i mean I think she has a right to go ahead, obviously, and it has a just a bigger place to go ahead and talk about it because her experience on the original films. And I really think that she has a perspective that should be listened to and and respected because of it.
1: Yeah. My question, though, is how much of it is just coming from a purely personal place? I
0: wonder how much of it comes from Uh, did she make any money off the $4 billion sale that her ex-husband made from Disney? That could be. An ding, issue, ding,
1: ding. If I the- had a little bell, I would be ringing it right now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I was circling the drain without going down. You know what I yeah, mean? It's $4 billion. So
0: yeah, you know, yeah. I can't really fault that, but does it come off a little bitter? Yes. It definitely, mm-hmm. she comes off a little bitter in this, in her arguments with this, but it's not unwarranted because, you know, you see a lot of people, Reacting to The Last Skywalker and how that earned a billion dollars less than The Force Awakens. I mean, you saw the residual declines in the number of people that actually were interested going forward. And the only reason why we're not putting dirt over the Star Wars universe right now is The Mandalorian. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, Is there an issue right now that you have with the Star Wars universe? Do you think she's right? I mean, uh, seemingly to me, I think there's a lot of issues going on on the movie end, but I know that with The Mandalorian, the future still looks bright with Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I I think that there is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff right now that's happening with Star Wars in terms of of producers, directors, writers that needs to be straightened out. And once that is settled, I I think that the movies will end up coming back to the Star Wars movies that everyone loves. I think maybe they tried to put too much of a a political message into some of the movies, and, and that was what made them miss the mark when it came to their audience. I don't know. I also need to admit that I'm not the most passionate of Star Wars fans I, I've watched movies <sighs> I know I'm sorry I'm a Star Trek girl I'm sorry give me Klingons uh, I love that. I can do both I'm
0: Switzerland <laughs> I enjoy both
1: I know there was a time where you had
0: one or the other, but I was like always underground, like liking both, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, I've watched the movies, I've enjoyed the movies, but I also wasn't privy to that larger conversation that has been around the most recent movies. I know that the people who loved the first ones talk about how much they didn't love the new ones as much, and that's an understatement. But the fact that somebody who was involved with those first few movies comes out and says there definitely is a problem with them, I think it validates those fans. And I just worry about it almost turning off people who are just now finding and discovering Star Wars because, you know, those people are out there.
0: And that's something I talked about with Josh a little while ago, and we talked about the future of the Star Wars a universe and the fact that it has to find a new audience because suffice to say that star wars fans of my age or watched the original films and enjoyed it for what it was we're dying off we're we're not getting any younger unfortunately uh, and the, you know you've got to go ahead and if you want to continue to thrive you got to reach a new and younger audience and now i think they're doing that with the mandalorian as you can see with my baby yoda hat on <laughs> and whatever happens with the movies i think the movies are going to be like icing on the cake or like gravy on the mashed potatoes. And that the meat of what's coming up using food metaphors, the meat of what's coming up, is going to be based on Disney plus. I really think that the future, if it's going to succeed and thrive as it has in the past, is going to be based off of whatever they do in the series and not necessarily on the movies and anything they get from the movies upcoming from Taika Waititi, Patty Jenkins, her movie coming up. If it does well, that's just going to be like extra good stuff that's on top of it.
1: Absolutely. And I think that they need to look at what some of those shows are doing and apply that, perhaps, to some of the the new movies and things that they have planned. Perhaps they need to look at some of those formulas and do a cut, copy, and paste. There you go. All right. But what are your thoughts out there on the recent comments
0: made by Denis Villeneuve? I forgive you, Denis. Blade Runner 2049. Dude, I forgive you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what his thoughts are on the MCU and of course, Marsha Lucas and her thoughts on the current state of star Wars and, and that part of the universe in the movies and how the recent trilogy did not connect with her. And I think she even has some things that were disappointing to her in regards to the prequels and, no matter how much I do not like The Last Skywalker, I'm just going to say I cannot stand the prequels even more. The prequels are <laughs> something I cannot go back to. I really. May, wow. just, yeah, those are just, that's some hard watching right there. Just, I always say that. But I want to hear your thoughts up there on Marsha Lucas and also Denis Villeneuve and their comments on Marvel and Star Wars. Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And also comment on the fact if, disney will ever come calling for either one of those two ever again i don't think so i don't think so indeed but melinda it's just great having you here once again looking forward to having you back on next week any last thoughts on the way out
1: if you want to do some homework so that you're all set for vampires and vitae listen to those three episodes there's a lot of easter eggs in those for season two and if you have a little bit of extra time listen to the post credits cast that we released as well so if you want to do a little bit of vampires and vitae homework you can start there and you'll be ready for season two.
0: Check it out, Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So from Melinda Barkhouse, this
0: is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.
1: Welcome to
0: Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today.
1: Okay, promo for the Flopcast. Let's go. First, I need an adjective. Uh, Naked. You need a noun. Wombat. Place. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Number. Uh, 251. Okay, then. The Flopcast is a naked podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, and wombats. Find us on the ESO network and Flopcast.net. Go ahead and listen to it in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. (laughs) 251 times. (laughs)